thank you for uh, for uh, getting us into the first day of the week here as we uh, talk to you about Relief Factor. Now, Relief Factor is 100% drug-free, as you may know. It's created by doctors, as you may know. Uh, and it has helped Glenn actually uh, get through the day, which yeah. you may know as well. Uh, but all of those are incredibly important. Yeah, uh, it has helped me uh, get through the day every day. I take it three times a day. 70% of the people who try this uh, find great relief, and they order more month after month, just like I do. If you want your life back, Relief Factor is the best way to go. Relief Factor uh, helps reduce the inflammation that our body, um, what happens to our body when we're fighting pain and, and, and fighting uh, injuries. Uh, and that is one of the best, uh, the biggest sources of our pain is that inflammation. We have to reduce the inflammation. That's what Relief Factor specializes at. Try it, please. ReliefFactor.com. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain, including your life back, the life you want to live. Try ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Monday. Another crazy day in the American Empire. Over the weekend in California, the story is read this way. An intense political debate broke out at a candlelight vigil on Sunday for the dead and wounded of the um, Congregation Shabbat Synagogue in San Diego. Mourners argued whether it was a lack of gun control or the lack of political self-control that led to this terrorist attack. So there's two options. Either Trump did it or the gun did it. We're going to speak the truth. And we begin in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, you want to get mom something really, really unique? This is something that Tanya and I did uh, recently, and we both loved it. I mean, the whole family got involved in this. Uh, we couldn't wait for the results to come back in, and when they did, we spent two nights just going over them. It was really cool. For Mother's Day, for a limited time only, 23andMe is taking $30 off their health and ancestry kit until May 13th. Uh, we did this. We sent our test in, and um, it was really remarkable how cool the kids thought it was and as, how cool we thought it was as well. It's a totally unique Mother's Day gift. With 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Kit, she can discover how her genes may influence her health with over 125 personal genetic reports that feature information on her traits and her health, like genetic weight, caffeine consumption, sleep movement, etc., etc., it's a completely unique gift, not only takes care of mom's health, but also begins an adventure into your family history. Do it now. It's The offer ends May 13th. You'll save $30 at 23andMe, 23andMe.com slash Beck. That's 23, number 2, 3, andme.com slash Beck. Remember... This Mother's Day special ends May 13th. 
An intense political debate broke out at a candlelight vigil on Sunday for the dead and wounded at the synagogue where mourners argued whether it was a lack of gun control or a lack of political self-control that led to this terrorist attack. A 19-year-old nursing student who penned a virulently racist manifesto is accused of opening fire on the congregation the day before, killing a congregant who died when she stepped between the gunman and the rabbi, effectively taking a bullet for her spiritual leader. Authorities say they're investigating this as a hate crime. Hundreds gathered in uh, Vail Verde Park, less than a mile from the attack, including Janeth Seidel, who came to the vigil to pay her respects uh, and to question the absurdity of this senseless act. I knew Lori, that's the woman who stepped between the rabbi. Everybody knew her. She was just such a big volunteer, and if you were ever involved, if you ever came to the shul, you, you knew Lori. Seidel, who's not at the synagogue when Ernst opened fire, questioned yet why again anyone was allowed access to semi-automatic weapons. We need to license every gun like a car. Well, we do. I don't know if you know that, but we do. If you want to carry one around, you have to have a license. Now, you can go out and buy a car without a license. You just can't use a car without a license. The same is true with guns, except we do a background check if you want to buy a gun. You don't have to have a background check if you have a car. So we we go an extra step beyond the car. Uh, Dorina Fagan said, thank God we had a Jew with a gun. Referring to the off-duty border agent who is credited with helping chase the gunmen away. Thank God for a Jew with a gun. This guy happened to have recently discovered his Jewish roots and happened to be there. So it, it wasn't the, the rest of the media is reporting this as, uh, well, look, he, he was an off-duty border agent. No, he was a congregant with a gun. How many people would have died if this guy didn't have a gun and wasn't at synagogue, this wasn't some just, you know, bystander who was walking by. Here's a guy who was at the synagogue, saw the problem, had a gun, knew how to use it, and used it. If we wouldn't have had a guy in California who happened to be there, how many people would have died? Now they were they started to argue about whether this was Trump, whether this was guns. No, this was a sick individual, sick individual. And I believe a sick individual that is being ramped up. People are being ramped up right now. And I believe on all sides, we can take our own responsibility for our own. But let's talk about the responsibility of the left on this. Because they always say that they blame it on us. Well, who was this white supremacist? Who was he? Was he a Trump supporter? Uh, doesn't look like that. Was he a Jewish supporter? Nah, doesn't, doesn't look like that. So who was he? And let me ask the New York Times. The New York Times ran a, a picture 
internationally uh, a political cartoon last Thursday. It's one of the most obscene cartoons I have seen. It is straight out of a Nazi propaganda room. It's of Donald Trump wearing dark sunglasses as if he's blind. And the and the sight dog is a wiener dog with the face of Benjamin Netanyahu. And his tag is the Star of David. So it is showing that the Jews and Israel are leading the blind president. So what is that saying? That's saying that Israel is controlling our government. That's what that's saying. Now, I've heard that before. I've heard that when they were talking about AIPAC, that that's the Jewish coalition. That's the Israeli coalition controlling our government. Who said that? Ilan Omar has said that. AOC has echoed that. The New York Times puts a a photo out, a, a, a cartoon out last Thursday. And what does the gunman say? The gunman says that the Jews and Israel are controlling our government. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Did you see anybody in the newspaper talk about that? Did you see anyone on cable news talk about that? Not in mainstream media. They're, of course they're not going to say, well, wait a minute. Isn't this the exact point that Elon Omar was making just recently about APAC? Hasn't this been the dialogue that the Jews are controlling uh, the United States government? Isn't that exactly what that political cartoon was saying? Yes. So wait a minute. It's the gun. Because the gun was just minding its own business, sitting in a safe or, or sitting on a shelf. It was just minding its own business. I don't know if you know this, but most guns don't have an opinion about Israel one way or another. Even the Uzi doesn't have an opinion on Israel one way or another. So it's just minding its own business. Now this white supremacist, this white supremacist, He decides to pick that gun up. And he's doing it for the exact reason that the New York Times and Elon Omar have been called out recently. Hmm. I wonder if there's any incitement there. I wonder if you could make a case of incitement. Because I know if it was reversed... If the guy quoted me, even if he wasn't actually a fan of mine, listened to me, knew that I had said that, that's exactly what would have happened. Anti-Semitism is a socialist disease. It always shows up. Socialism and anti-Semitism are different sides of the exact same coin. And the New York Times, you know, a lot of people are saying because they, quote, apologized. They didn't apologize. They said that it was that was some some editor that, you know, 
didn't have proper supervision. Proper supervision? You didn't recognize that as something that could have been done by Goebbels? You didn't recognize how anti-Semitic that was? Boy, you've got a problem from the top down if you've hired somebody who's that clueless to be your editor. He needs supervision to go, mm, that one looks like Goebbels. I wouldn't think so. But the New York Times has this history. Out of the 23,000 front-page stories between 1939 and 1945, 11,300 of them were about World War II. Out of the 11,300 front-page stories in the New York Times between 1939 and 1945, only 26 of those mentioned the Holocaust. 26 stories. That's it. To cover the Holocaust, the armbands, the rounding up, the interrogations, the gas chambers, the camps, the ghettos. Only 26 in the New York Times. When they, when they finally shipped out the last of the Warsaw ghettos and cleaned them out and no one was left, the article headline was Warsaw Fears Extermination. That's after they cleaned out the ghetto. And by the way, it was a small story on page seven next to, a, next to an advertisement for new pianos. The New York Times said it was a bad judgment call. You know, it's interesting how the New York Times seems to have many bad judgment calls. And usually when it revolves around anti-Semitism. Look, you wouldn't send a postcard for your tax return, you know, uh, to the IRS. You're not going to do that. All my personal information on the back of a postcard. Why? Because somebody could read it. Well, that's exactly what you're doing with public Wi-Fi. Even if it's password protected, that is exactly what you're doing. You're just writing all your public in- or all your private information right in public and sending it out on the Internet like a postcard. This is exposing you to identity theft. That's why there is Norton Secure VPN. It's a virtual private network that encrypts all of your connections, even on public Wi-Fi. So the information that you send and you receive is safe from cyber criminals who want to steal your private information. Companies that are tracking your browsing activities, your app usage, your location, all of that is gone if you use a Norton Secure VPN. It's easy to use. You install it, you log in once, and it, ru- it runs seamlessly in the background. Norton is the leader in consumer cybersecurity. So get the Norton Secure VPN ASAP and enjoy the convenience of the connected world without the worries about online privacy or security. It is uh, starting at $3.33 a month if you sign up for the year with annual subscription. It is Norton.com slash VPN. Norton.com slash VPN. 10 seconds, station ID. I spent the weekend uh, trying to um, 
uh, work on this special that we have that is coming up on Wednesday. I think this is the most important special that we have done maybe since we've been at Fox. Would you agree with that, Stu? Yeah, I mean, it's especially the way we're moving right now and how yeah. fast it's happening. We um, need to know, you know where, where they're attacking and how to protect. So there is um, there's something that we found. Uh, Jason Batrill is uh, with us. Uh, and uh, Jason is our head researcher. And if you will, Jason, uh, tell us what you found in research. We're, we're working on a book about socialism. And we're all constantly looking for the influences outside. Tell us about the blueprint you found. So, and that's exactly what we found. We found a blueprint for how to take over a, do it legally within the range of their own system, within the range of their own constitution, Congress, everything, take over a country. And we saw how socialists and communists did this back uh, in the in the late 1940s. And literally found this completely by accident. And I, this document that, w- that you'll reveal uh, later this week, I, I kind of I broke it down by the different steps. There was about five different steps that mm-hmm. they want that they needed to pull off, like do this, check, do this, check, do this, check. And by the end of it, they would have completely flipped a country from capitalist uh, you know, democracy to full on socialism to, to communism. And as I was looking at those steps, I was like, huh, you know, let's 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 just see what's going on today. So I started filling in step number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, that's happening here. Step number two. Okay, I started getting a little nervous. Step number three. Then I started getting freaked out. That's when I sent it to you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. And what's frightening is this blueprint is how to flip a a major free market republic to communist or socialist within three years. Now we're going to build this case. So, you know, because everyone feels it, everyone feels. And, and, and it's funny because back in 2006 or seven, I played a clip from Condoleezza Rice and she was talking about what we were seeing in the news And she said, these are the birth pangs of the things to come. And I remember saying, well, wait a minute. That's a very, very scriptural Uh, B that implies that they're going to get stronger and faster. Things are going to start happening one right after another. And the faster they get, the closer they get, the closer we are to giving birth to something. And none of us even will recognize that we're pregnant. But we are, and we're about to give birth to something, and I don't think you want to see what we're giving birth to. And so your gut is telling you something is happening, something's wrong, and it's happening faster and faster and getting crazier and crazier. That's what this blueprint describes and shows how it's done, and it's all being done to us right now. Everything makes sense when you look at it through this lens. It's it's like a light will pop off. Like you're like, wait, why are we arguing over 99 different genders? Like, what what sense does that make? Like, why is that? Why this whole Me Too thing? This real this radical militant feminist uh, thing? Uh, postmodernism? Like this? None of that stuff makes sense if you look at it. You know, just individually, like out. You know, outside the 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 entire grand scheme. But that is, and I'll just kind of give that away. One of the steps. 
Like mm-hmm. that is one of the, I won't say which step, but that is one of the steps on, on this thing. Check that off. It was done before. The exact same thing has been done before and a country was flipped to socialism. And then what immediately follows after that? Communism, Communism. and a dictatorship. It is, um, it is truly remarkable. Now we're making this special for free. We're putting it on all platforms. It will not be on TV. It will be commercial free. Uh, and we don't even know how long it's going to run. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to be maybe maybe 90 minutes, uh, but we don't want to we don't want to rush through this because it's really important. So we want everyone to be able to watch it. It'll be on YouTube. It will be on Facebook. Uh, it will be uh, on blaze dot com. We really could use your subscription because we are. We are hiring more people and we are uh, trying to do more research like this. You know, when I was at Fox, I was spending a million dollars a year of my own money to provide the research uh, for that show. Plus all of the research that, you know, was provided for Fox. Um, I lost money. I'm the only person that ever has been on television and lost money. We need your help to be able to do the kind of research that needs to be done. And we get that help by you subscribing to blazetv.com. And if you subscribe for this special event, uh, there will be a, it's a, what, what is it? I want to say $30, $20, $20, $20, uh, savings. Um, and, uh, you just have to use the promo code G L E N N. I believe there's a special promo code that will run during the special during the special. And that's um, when you can sign up. Yeah, for it. Obviously I wouldn't be, I wouldn't expect you to be aware of that or any of the details surrounding it. Uh, but I believe what happens is <laughs> they give you a special promo code during the special. If you, if you watch it and it's information and, and the type of programming and research that you think is like valuable, especially when you have a field of 20 democratic candidates, 15 of which are outwardly running with policies that are essentially socialist. The other ones are just kind of close to it. You have all these new people in Congress that are doing this. You know, this is more important than ever, I think, because the threat is real. I mean, I think for most of the time we've done the show, Glenn, it's been more like ah, communism. It's more of a joke. And there's I mean, you know, there's parts of it that are, you have to take seriously. And it wasn't it, as it, close it, as it is. It wasn't. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the, it's never been a joke as far as I mean, ask 100 million dead people whether it was a joke or not. Yeah. But I mean, as far as whether it could actually happen here. Well, I mean, Bernie Sanders is leading polls in states. Like This yeah. is a socialist president. We're that close. So we'll show you what it takes to win and what's already been done. Socialism, a warning from the dead. A Blaze TV special, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. To Glenn Beck. I want to tell you a little bit about 1-800-Flowers. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. And 1-800-Flowers has the flowers that I think... Uh, mom will really, really like at 1-800-Flowers right now. You can get a whole get ahead of the Mother's Day rush with 30 for 30, 30 assorted tulips for just $30 right now. Bright, beautiful mix of orange, yellow and pink blossoms. They're all assorted tulips and they're guaranteed to make mom smile right now. 30 tulips for $30. This special ends on Wednesday so do your ordering right now for Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers, 1-800-Flowers.com. When you get there, click on the radio icon and enter the promo code BECK. That's 1-800-Flowers.com with the code BECK. You order today and save 1-800-Flowers.com, code BECK. 
The offer does expire on Wednesday. 1-800-Flowers.com, code Beck. Mother's Day is right around the corner. All right, blazetv.com slash Glenn. If you go to blazetv.com, this is where we're going to get this special this week. It's Wednesday. Tell everybody about it. Share it on social. blazetv.com slash Glenn. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I won't hear it from you. I won't. I won't, I won't hear it from you. You are a hater. It's a scam. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Mr. Pat Gray joins us now from Pat Gray Unleashed. Indeed I do. How, how are you doing, Mr. I'm, Pat Gray? I'm pretty good. You? Good. Oh, I'm great. I'm not doing as good as the producers of uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. But I'm doing okay. Yeah, not doing as well as any anybody who holds Disney stock Jeez. Uh, is doing right now. The previous... Record in North America for for an opening weekend was two hundred and fifty seven million dollars and two hundred fifty seven million dollars and and which movie was that that was uh, Avengers <laughs> Infinity War aha uh-huh. now comes Avengers Endgame what a year later <clears throat> and it obliterates that record by almost a hundred million dollars it made three hundred and fifty million over the weekend can I tell you something I cannot see it until Friday. Why? Because I couldn't get a ticket at any time, any theater <laughs> wow. this weekend here. That's crazy. I've never <clears throat> yeah. seen that it's, before. And they have a record number of theaters in which you're showing, too. Yeah. Like 4,600. But it's a three-hour movie, so they needed that if they're going to make these kind of numbers, and they did. Now, worldwide, it made $1.2 billion already in opening weekend. Now, just think of that. Just think of that. How many people did not get a ticket to opening weekend? It's not like it's not like you've. okay. well, everybody went opening weekend. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of us that haven't seen it yet that really want to see it still. You had to be really a planner to get a decent seat. There were Mm -hmm. some like single seats. There were front row tickets and some. I could have gotten front row seat, but nobody wants wants to sit in front row. I mean, unless you're eight. Uh, And this is the Someone said to me the other day, why don't they just, I don't even understand this, why don't they just remove the front row? No one wants to sit there. There would always be a front row, guys. I, this is a stunning development. It's like the people are like, there's, there's no class. front row. There's also no seats in yeah. the theater. It's like the people who keep saying, the middle class is shrinking. There's always a middle class. It's in the middle of whatever you have. It's in the middle. The front row is always the front row, no matter if you put it in the back of the theater or not. Yeah. So it's we got agonizing. that going for us. So it, what's what's cool though is the spillover, you know, because a lot of people went and it was sold out, and so they had to go to something else. And Captain Marvel was the one that benefited the most. It went from fourth to second. Horrible, and that's really horrible. bad. Horrible. Yeah, I didn't like it. Either. Horrible. Did not like it. Yeah, it just made me just. I mean, oof, it didn't know what it was. Right. It was just horrible. Right. Horrible. But you know, my wife and I did see this weekend. Have you seen Breakthrough yet? You saw it, right? No, I haven't no, seen, seen it yet. It no, really good. Like Unplanned, it's really good. I think the Christian movie makers are finally hitting their stride. You know, they've finally decided that every non-Christian is not a demon, uh, and every Christian is not necessarily a, a, saint. a saint. And it really helps the fact that a- a- actors and actresses who can act 
have decided <laughs> that they agree with that analysis, yeah. at least at some level. Yeah. Right. I mean, what well, Chrissy, that's right. the one with Chrissy Mass is in it. I saw it too. Um, uh, you it like from it? This yeah. is, this is that's us. Good. Yeah, this is us. She's really good in it. Really good. Uh, uh, what's his face? Topher Grace, who's been in a bunch of stuff, you know, including one of the, you know, Spider-Mans and, you know, he was in, you know, he's been in a million things, but like, he's like good and he mm-hmm. can act mm-hmm. and they, you know, they actually have a kid actor. And I thought this was the real miracle of the film. Sure, a kid survives from, a, from being underwater for like an hour. Or yeah. he, well, he's an hour before he actually gets a heartbeat, and he's underwater for 15 minutes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 40, was it 45 thought, minutes? Was 45 yeah, 45 he minutes. was underwater for 20. His He didn't have a heartbeat for 45. Uh, it's insane. 45 minutes. It's amazing. And so the real miracle, miracle of this film is not only did they find a child actor who could actually play that part well, but one who plays basketball and it looks like he's played basketball before. Yeah. This never <laughs> occurs in movies. They put these actors in there and they, it looks true. like they've never even seen a basketball before. You're yeah. supposed to believe they're these star players. Whoever the kid was that played was like really good. I mean, he looks like a solid player. They use baseball players that throw like Barack Obama. Yes. And you're like, oh, come, <laughs> come on, on, please. And we learned that I throw better, better than, Barack than Barack Obama. Obama. And you mm-hmm. shoot ba- and you play basketball better yes. uh, than B- Barack Obama, which we test in a scientifically controlled experiment on this very set. <laughs> we did. I proved did. it. Uh, so that was, I thought, amazing. And, and the movie overall is really good. Like, they did a it good is. job with it. So it's, you liked it, too? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an incredible story. I mean, it does not seem possible. It's one of those... It's a jaw-dropping story. Yeah. It's never happened before. And, you know, it hasn't happened since. So it, it's a pretty compelling story. And did, we, that, did that go up in the in uh, money this, this uh, weekend as well? Uh, it did. I think it was um, fourth... Fifth, sixth. I can look it up here. Are there, are there still there? places where you don't reserve seats for movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some even, you know, all over the place. I think it's very, it's the reverse here in Texas. If you happen to be listening to this, for example, in New York City, uh, where, uh, you know, it's There's still the theater situation kind. is terrible yeah. compared to here. Really? Oh, God, it's awful. I mean, it was awful when we were there, if you remember, Glenn. No, it was awful because you were sitting around New Yorkers. Yeah, well, that's still that's still happening, first of all. <laughs> right. That's, that's no, the biggest thing. But also, no they don't even have the reclining seats. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the space. I mean, that's is how tough. we've become theater snobs now. We have. If it, Texas, Texas, if it doesn't have a reclining seat, I'm not going. Yeah, no, I, I haven't been to the what was the what's the one in you know South Lake by our house mm-hmm. that doesn't have. It's old school, great theater, really yeah. great theater. I used to think it was. Yeah, but then now in Texas, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the country, but in Texas, man, it's like five star dining. Oh, yeah. at mm-hmm. your seat. I mm-hmm. mean, it is fantastic. Everybody has a lazy boy. Yeah, it's, it's like nice. my favorite thing to do is to go to the theater and when it's a dine in theater like that with a nice big chairs and you sit down and you I get to watch it. a great movie, I even if it's a crappy there. movie, and but with good food. Food. I could yeah. live there. If oh, I yeah. could just go into the kitchen and <laughs> just open up the fridge once yes. in a while and be like, what else we got in here? <laughs> yeah, I would live yes. there. I would live there. Well, why would you? See, that's the thing. You don't even have to do that there. They bring the food to you I know, in the mo- Occasionally, the you want to get up. That's if you true. were living there, you'd occasionally <laughs> want to get up. I think they just need to install you know, some sort of apparatus where you can go to the bathroom. Then you never have to worry about this at all. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, uh, Breakthrough finished with $6.3 million more million this weekend. $26 million so far in just two weekends for, for a Christian movie that's, that's a pretty darn big number. That's huge. Uh, I wish Unplanned had made more. I mean, it still was successful because it cost six to make and it's made seventeen million so far. Yeah, very but successful. That should be a hundred and seventy million. But that's you know what? It's a like good movie. It's like, and, and maybe this is just me. It's like Breakthrough. I want to see Breakthrough. 
I really do. I want to see breakthrough. Yeah. But every time my wife says, let's go see breakthrough. Nah, I don't want to see breakthrough. I know. I'm like, uh, we'll bring the kids <laughs> yes. to that one. I don't want to go see that one. I will say it was uh, a movie. It's good, though. It's it's something you should look forward to going to. But I know. It's not I know. Lifting. I'm it, just right. not. Well, first of all, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. So I do. I'm not alone in that, right? No. No. It was very, it's a very uplifting movie, of course. Mm-hmm. We all know. And we, you we want interviewed that. The kid I want who, that. We interviewed the kid who it happened to. Yeah. So we know that he lived as it's not a spoiler alert. Right. Uh, it would be a really weird movie if he just died. He went underwater and it was just over. Um, but, but they tried for two and a half hours to resuscitate him. Yeah. Didn't work. And they couldn't. It didn't work out. So, yeah. just didn't work. There's some sadness surrounding yeah. the situation. Uh, but the, the it is a tearjerker. Right. Like you're going through. I mean, it, it is. is. It's really, a roller coaster ride. It is. I mean, so there's a moment where it's a it's a Friday night. You're going out. You're having a nice dinner. You're, it's a night on the town. Maybe breakthrough doesn't feel like the right movie. We wound up seeing it uh, that like, I think it was a Thursday and it was like a relatively early showing. And and so it was if I mean, it was much easier to I can understand mm-hmm. how most people would be. Oh, I don't know. It's a mat, it's a, maybe a better matinee, but the movie's really good and it it's going to make a lot of money. Uh, very, it's going to be profitable by a wide margin, uh-huh. and that's a good thing. Like these movies, you know, there, there was a, that attempt a while ago with the Noahs of the world, where they tried to the big budget sort of approach and just like let's throw a couple hundred million dollars at one of these Bible movies and see how it works out from people who didn't really connect with real Christian audiences. Uh-huh. No. Uh, and it was like, and but we'll add some r- really neat things like monsters yeah. uh, to the story. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> well, wait. Is great. Uh, these are more organic, right? These are real movies. They're, they're with real faith backgrounds. Real by people who understand yeah. faith. And these are movies that are just well done because the stories are incredible. And they're mm-hmm. doing really well. I mean, it's starting to get better. All right. So can we go back to the Avengers for a second? Sure. I don't want to spoil because I, I haven't seen it yet. And I, I wouldn't want to spoil it for anybody. But I, I hear people are like really upset. Like Jason was telling me that his daughter cried all weekend because of who was lost. What? Really? Yeah. Seems like it. I've, I've heard. I have heard that huh. my, my kids told me some of their friends went and they were very upset. They were, you know, it was like really sad. Because they don't realize that there's no way those characters are going away forever. There's and way too much money left on the table. And yeah. guess what? There's no way those characters are going away forever. They've already there's been too much signed money left for extra pay. movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many cases. True? Yeah, they're right. not going oh, away. So here's the thing: it's it's not that they're it's not that they're not going away. This is the end of a saga. So this is the end of this storyline. Right. But they come back. Now, some of them are not coming back as the same actors. Okay. So, oh, so this is, is the way they reset really? the actors. Yeah. Which, again, is. Huh. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, so there's, there's something here. But I think there is a, there's a sign of potential emotional instability if you're crying all weekend. Well, over, you know, uh, over <laughs> a bunch of. Try, try, try this one. Uh, a man was left bloody Sorry, outside of a, uh, a cinema after watching yeah. Avengers Endgame. Do you see this? I, yeah. Beat him almost to death because he walked outside and said, wow, you know who dies? And the crowd got so upset. You! They, and yeah. then they pounced on yeah. him and almost pounced killed him. him. Yeah, that was, yeah, I remember crazy. there was a video of someone who walked down the line at Harry Potter and one of the Harry Potter big uh, things and was like, guess who dies? This guy dies. Now, of course, I don't know any of the characters in Harry Potter, so mm-hmm. I can't tell you which one it was. Uh, but they got pissed and it was became like kind of a viral video and people thought it was funny. But it's like, that's not that's not funny. It's just not, not cool. cool. Like the whole point not. of going to see these things is so you have yeah. these moments of the reveal and everything. Right. It's just that's just irritating. So my sister calls me last night around six o'clock and she's so upset she's crying and and she starts with i was at the theater and i'm like 
my sister is not calling me to console her because her favorite character died, is she? <laughs> okay. And um, she was just really upset. She was, uh, she said, we were at the theater and we were at the Avengers. And at the very end, a guy who was sitting just like right in front of us stood up and grabbed his backpack and started screaming, you're all worshiping false gods. And she said, the entire place panicked. And they all ran for the exits. She said, people were trampling people. She said, I was separated from my son. I couldn't find him. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's crying. She said, it was oh, like, wow. it's like when you see the school shootings. And she said, so they thought he were, was going to start shooting people. Well, apparently somebody stopped him. Uh, and he had a gun, but somebody had stopped him uh, wow. before he could do anything. Police got there. They closed everything down. But she was, I mean, she was right there. You got a theater Jeez. full of people and somebody just grabs their backpack. You don't have a couple of men in that theater that can take that guy down. And maybe they did eventually. Yeah, Rather somebody than head the for th- the exit, somebody, take the guy down. Somebody in the theater apparently did. That's good. Yeah. But she said it was, it was, she said, I did. I didn't know who we even were. She said, wow. after it happened, she said, I looked back on it. And I, she said, everybody just, they didn't care. They just trampled and pushed children, and it was horrible. She said it was the worst thing she's ever gone through. That's that incredible. amazing. Yeah, is. And what, so it's is amazing. the media covering this at all? Like, have they picked up on the story? No, I saw it in the local newspaper, and it just said, an incident, man arrested, uh, and the theater is closed until further notice. Wow. So, I mean, they took it pretty, I mean, wow. pretty seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, and he actually did have a loaded gun. That's what she so, said. Um, I, I could not find that in the newspaper. That's what she said. Was that an office she joke? That's that what later. He, she said? That you're actually doing one of the like, jokes from <laughs> Michael, Mike, Michael Scott on The Office <laughs> yeah. in that moment? That's just, just disgraceful. <laughs> anyway, it's we, inappropriate. We have Stu's power ranking and our Game of Thrones review. If, you, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones and the Avenger, Avengers, it was a tough weekend for you because you lost a lot of people that you were like, oh, my heroes are dying. <laughs> uh, we have that coming up. Pat, thank you so yep. much. My Patriot Supply, when an emergency strikes, what is your first impulse? May I tell you that? To run for the doors, trample some children. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you, I think after the special on Wednesday... I think people are going to get serious about, in our audience, they're going to get serious about food storage again. Because this is mm. what we're going to reveal on Wednesday's special. Uh, and it's free, by the way. You can watch it on Blaze TV, the, the, the you know, dot com. Uh, you watch it on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page. Uh, it's 8 o'clock Eastern. What it shows is how close we are to collapse and the blueprint that maybe being used uh i know that you know we don't follow all these crazy things you know as conservatives but communists do socialists do uh and they know about this document we just found it it was smuggled into the united states in the 60s uh and it is terrifying on how far down the road we really are uh anyway um don't run into a grocery store don't panic don't worry just be prepared whether it's an earthquake, hurricane, long-term power outage, you know, whatever it is, man-made God, you know, uh, or a, an act of God, you can be prepared with a two-week emergency food kit. You order now at a special price. You'll save $62 when you go to preparewithglenn.com. Food kit includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner that last up to 25 years. 
So when it's breaking news, it's too late to prepare. Do it now so there's no surprises in your life. My Patriot Supply is is behind this, and they would love for you to get this special deal this week. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program, uh, Game of Thrones. I'm just going over, uh, going over what cannot be said, uh, so there's no spoilers on uh, Stu's review of Game of Thrones. Uh, and uh, I thought it was great last night. Now, did you enjoy it at all, being not knowing who it was? I thought it was one of the most incredible battle scenes I've ever seen. Definitely some really cool imagery and, and some incredible scenes as far as a battle. Have you ever seen a battle sure. like that? Uh there's one that kind of reminded me of, uh, which I can, you know, we can talk about here okay. in a little bit. But overall, I mean, I especially on a television show, I mean, I can't even imagine what this show costs to make. Do you know the budget of this oh, thing? I have no idea. We should look that up. I have no idea. I mean, just, just that battle scene alone, though, was incredible. It, it really is. Just incredible. And when I heard that it was the longest battle scene ever, because, you know, I watched it with the two towers. I think it was in the two towers, wasn't it? Uh, Helms, the Battle of Helm's Deep, and I got bored with that after a while. I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it. This one was different. It's like a 45 minute battle, but the way they broke it up was really good. I think the longest battle in history actually is Anchorman 2. No, uh, no which I, was no, not. I, I got bored of that too. I don't think so. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Let me tell you about a home title lock. Home title lock is the thing that you really need uh, for your home. If you have a if you own a home, you have a title. No one is watching over that title. There's only one company that stands at the gate, literally at the gate uh, of this this digital vault where all the titles of the U.S. go in and out. So everything is kept. Ninety percent of the titles are all kept in this one vault. If your title goes in and out and you have home title lock, they verify that you are the one actually selling the home or transferring the title. This is one of the fastest growing crimes. You lose your house. You lose everything. It is really bad. And only one company is at the place to where they can actually verify that title. Get a $100 search for free when you sign up right now at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Do it now. Sign up and make sure that nobody steals your house. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, the Avengers had a huge weekend. Uh, Also, uh, Game of Thrones had a huge weekend. And so did white guys in the Democratic Party. The media is obsessed with the number of white guys that are running and are leading in the polls. My gosh, are all Democrats racist? Why are they all going for these white guys? 
There's really only one answer, and that's racism. And Stu has his power ranking of the Democratic nominees in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Another white guy. (laughs) Shocking, shocking. Uh, So it's Mother's Day coming up pretty soon. Got to get ready. I I know my mom uses uh, GenuCell. She loves it. Uh, GenuCell jawline treatment is one of the new products we're talking about here, which is, uh, you know, it is from now till Mother's Day, they have... Uh, the outrageous Mother's Day sale going on. You're talking about uh, if you happen to have an issue with the double chins or sagging jawlines or turkey necks, any of these things. Uh, GenuCell jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology is here for you. And it's just great skin care, too. It makes you look great, makes, improves your appearance, makes you feel better, uh, and, and, and helps the health of your skin. Uh, my mom uses GenuCell products, loves them. She uses them every day. She loves the results she's seeing. Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas wrote, I put that jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. This is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I am blown away. For only one more week, GenuCell jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness. And with instant effects, you can see results in the first 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. So what do you have to lose? It's guaranteed or your money back. Try it. See if it works for you. Uh, GenuCell.com is the place to go. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Great Mother's Day gift or just, you know, for you. 800-577-8709. Plus, get a surprise Mother's Day premium gift with all orders. This is smart. You can always order this stuff for yourself. Get the premium gift and then just give that to your mom as the Mother's Day gift and you're out. I mean, you get the thing for you and you give that up. It's perfect. 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709. Or visit GenuCell.com. It's GenuCell.com. Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar. Well, who's leading the pack? White guys, white guys. Mm. And the left is very upset. And they should. They obviously have a bunch of nothing but white supremacists that are that make up a good portion of their voting block. What could possibly be the other reason? For not voting for people of color or women. What could be the reason? Hmm. Nothing other than racism. But I'll let Stu <laughs> look into all of the results and give us uh, your uh, power ranking. Okay, it's posted up at glenbeck.com. You can check it out there and share it and everything. Uh, this is the ranking of the... T- There's 20 candidates in the race right now. How do you make sense of a chaotic environment like that? It's what we try to do. We have a uh, sort of a formula, algorithm, if you will. Uh, it's about 30 different ca- uh, categories that we measure, everything from polling to fundraising to all that. And we come up, put it all through the machine, the fancy uh, power ranking machine the I've machine. invented. Does it have mm-hmm. Does it have those tapes, those like big tapes that go back and forth? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. It's I also used to like, see those in Batman. To start it up, it has one of those like, like contraptions, like in Pee Wee's Playhouse, where you'd have to like, there'd be a flame from a candle that would break a string, and then it would like, it was, really? like one of those machines. And then yeah. that machine works. Yeah, it is about uh, half the budget for the show this year. Just wanted wow. to make, sure, okay. make you aware Wait. of that. Okay, so uh, 20 candidates. Let's start from number 20. Wayne Messam. Uh, he is uh, basically, uh, he's the mayor of Miramar, California. His best shot at the nomination continues to be something out of the uh, series Designated Survivor. So right. if something like that happens. If everybody else dies. <laughs> if everyone else dies. And not just the people in the campaign, but many other people mm-hmm. would have to die. Mm-hmm. It would have to be mm-hmm. a Game of Thrones type right. situation, right. I think, for that to happen. Right. Uh, number 19, Marianne Williamson. She has a 17.1 out of 100. That's how we, we come up with this. It gives, gives you a number 1 to 100. 17, not a good 
number because 100 is good. Um, she is on the reparations train, kind of like everybody else. Uh, and she's just trying to outdo her foes with just sheer financial force. $100 billion, she says. Anything less than that is an insult. Uh, that is an interesting negotiation technique. Well, my number was $200 billion. Oh. That's Anything less is an insult. Bernie's just waiting for everybody else's number to come out so he can come out yeah. and, and have it be higher. Uh, number 18 is John Delaney. John Delaney. John Delaney had some good news this week. Uh, he was actually fifth in total fundraising for the first quarter. Ha! Raised $12.1 million. Uh, only problem with it is that 97% of the money came from his own bank account. So that's an issue. Right. He happens to be wealthy and no one else right. is donating to his campaign except right. for him. So minor issue. Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell is just one of these congressmen who's running to raise his profile. He's got, but he does it the same way every time. Finds the news cycle, finds the kind of crazy left-wing viewpoint on it, and then just adds steroids to it. So his new one is, everyone's like, well, there wasn't really collusion, but there was obstruction of justice. He's saying that, uh, that there certainly was collusion. Like, that's his approach to everything. He just goes a little bit further than everyone he can on the left and makes, goes on TV and says kind of outlandish things. I assume he's going, I believe one of his policies, I'm not having confirmed this yet, he wants uh, all guns melted down and, and the liquid metal to be poured on the heads of NRA members. But that was not exactly <laughs> confirmed yet. Number 16, a score of 20.6, is Seth Moulton. So who is Seth Moulton? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. when do we get to people that, like, I've ever heard of? This is amazing. Yeah. Because um, I don't know who he is either. In fact, no one knows who he is. Listen to this, this anecdote. He's actually sharing willingly on the campaign trail. This is, this is a quote. I said, you know, part of my job is to take tough questions, Moulton told the gathered business and political leaders. You can ask even really difficult questions, and there still was silence. And then finally, someone in the way back of the room raised her hand, and she said, who are you? He's telling audiences this story. He's so unknown that people are screaming out as their only question, who are you? Well, my question is really <laughs> back to the lady. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, why are you sitting there? <laughs> That's a great, I, mean, I think it's just, like there's a crowd. I'm going to sit down. I think they invade every establishment in Iowa and New Hampshire. Like if you're just oh, out yeah, having okay, eggs, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> I would be. I, I mean, I I would have gone postal a long time ago if I lived in Iowa. I think I would have moved from either one of those states because of yeah. this thing every four years. Yeah, you're like, come on, I just want to eat my breakfast. Yeah, shut up, leave me alone. And it's it's not even every four years anymore. Now it's two of the four years. Yeah. I had just heard the other day that, uh, and I had forgotten about this, that if if we go back to 2016 and look at the campaign, Bernie Sanders wasn't even in yet. That's We have 20 candidates in. And at this point in 2015, Bernie wasn't even, hadn't even entered the race yet. That's how, that's how crazy this year is. And this is, I think, the new norm, right? Uh, Tim Ryan, huge fan of Tim Ryan, I know, from Ohio, Glenn. Um, he was talking to less than 16 people one week after his announcement. Not mm. a great sign for the campaign. Mm-hmm. Did go on CNN, where he also talked to less than 16 people. So, uh, but that's more of a CNN problem yeah, than, a, than a Tim you Ryan know what's problem. What's amazing is he's like number 15. Yeah, he's number 15. He's right. actually like up with the list a little bit. Yeah. He also discussed his passion for the Dave Matthews Band, solidifying the key constituency of the year 1995. So, anyone who is voting in 1995 is gonna is gonna really love that. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. How are the networks going to cover these debates? Because they said they won't do the kiddies table like. The- oh, yes, I actually know this. So uh, I, I know they're not going to do that. So they, because they say the issue they had with Bernie and all the hacking and stuff was it looks like the DNC is favoring certain candidates. So their way of, of handling this was a, 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 a bizarre approach 
where they gave people two chances to get into the debates. The chances are you have to poll over 1% in three polls, 1%, or have 65,000 individual donors. Or, not or, and. Not and. So what's happened is almost everybody has 65,000 individual donors because they all went after small donors to try to get to that 65,000 and solidify their appearance in the debates. So even the people who are polling at 0%, a lot of them have 65,000 individual donors entering them in the debates. They're going to do two separate debates. I think it's in June is now the first one, late June. And it's going to be, right now it looks like it could be 10 and 10. My guess is some of the people won't hit these standards because a lot of them are getting 0% and a lot of them are not going to be able to raise the funds um, or uh, to get to 65,000. Um, but I believe as of now, it's something like 16 are already there have hit one or two of those standards. So what they're going to do... Having 65,000 donors wouldn't be so hard. You, well, you wouldn't think so, especially if all you need from them is $1. Because they're trying to make it seem like, this is a grassroots thing, so we only need $1. So people are just going and just asking for $1. <laughs> and so they're getting it from 65,000 people, which is an accomplishment in, in a certain regard, but isn't one that's going to put you as a top-tier presidential candidate. So there are a couple of other but restrictions. could put you in as a spoiler. Could. And what they're going to do as well is is not make it two tiers. Where we, as you mentioned, the big uh, the adult table and the kiddie table, they're just going to randomly mix the candidates. So like Bernie Sanders might not be going up against Joe Biden. They may be in two separate debates, mm. uh, which is a big deal, right? I mean, you're, I guess as it sorts itself out as we go forward, it will be you know the the field will narrow. But that might not happen until Iowa. If you're running for president and you're putting all this work into it, why are you not at least going to last till Iowa? Mm -hmm. So you think most people are going to stay in there until then. It, really, it's going to be fun to watch. Again, the chaos on the other side is hilarious. Can we get it's to fun. the top 10? Yeah, I'll give you a quick. Tulsi Gabbard at 14. Uh, uh, 13 is Andrew Yang. 12, Jay Inslee. 11, John Hickenlooper. Uh, 10 is uh, Julian, Julian or Julian Castro, whatever you want to say. Okay, hang on. I want to mm -hmm. get the, I want to, we're going to narrow down to the top 10. Uh, and this is, Stu has been working on this system for almost a couple of years to try to get this right. I mean, he's been watching, you know, elections for decades now, but he has really worked on this to, to try to, to gather all of the statistics you know, if you listen very long, how much of a freak he is on statistics. Thank you. Um, he is uh, he's w watched all of the statistics to be able to see and measure who really is ahead. Forget about what everybody else says. Who's really ahead? What's really driving uh, these different candidates and who has the best chance to face Donald Trump? We'll get back into that here in just a second. First, let me tell you about the USCCA. Good guy. Good guy uh, has a gun and uh, bad guy comes in. Good guy pulls out his gun, stops bad guy. Good guy thrown into jail. That happens a lot. Well, it happened this weekend in a pretty big story. Mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. was uh, the But shooting. he wasn't thrown into jail. Uh, no. And that's probably because he was. Uh, You're saying the guy with the gun. Uh, sorry, I, mis I misunderstood the story. Yeah, that's true. It, that does actually yeah. happen a lot. Uh, yeah. But this is a good example of a good guy actually using the gun to mm -hmm. get rid of someone who could have killed a lot more mm -hmm. people. So often that results in the good guy getting, getting in jail. trouble with law. It's crazy. Incredible. Do you remember the off-duty policeman when we were in New York that shot a guy who took a, a machete or a samurai sword and had killed somebody in a deli and then walked out of the deli and was holding this woman uh, hostage. 
and he he had the knife to her throat and some off-duty police officer or retired police officer who still could carry a gun in New York shot the guy, killed him. He was sued because he was irresponsible. He was shooting from across the street and that could have gotten her killed, but it didn't. That's how crazy things are. You don't ever want to have to fire your gun, but if you do, you want the USCCA on your side. They're dedicated to educating, training, and legally protecting Americans like you. And this week only, they're giving away a free guide and audio book about exactly what to do in these situations. It's called the Complete Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide. 161, uh, 64 pages of life-saving information. It comes complete with an audio book, 100% free how to see the attackers before they see you how to survive a mass shooting scenario and the best tactical places to be in public areas like restaurants so get this free guide the home defense checklist all you have to do is text the word b-e-c-k to 87222 right now claim your free guide audiobook and checklist your information always respected and kept private. Don't take chances. Make sure you're learning from the self-defense experts. Text Beck at 87222. That's Beck at 87222. 10-second station ID. Okay, our Game of Thrones review coming up in just a few minutes. Also, uh, we'll tell you more about our special on socialism uh, in just a few minutes. First, Stu is going to complete his um, uh, his power rankings of the Democrats. Once a week, we look at the power rankings, see what's changed. Okay, so uh, top 10 here, Julian Castro at 35.7 out of 100. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand has a 38.1. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, number eight. Uh, she is trying to run as a moderate in the uh, in the moderate wing of the Democratic Party, which would be better for her if one that wing like existed, is a, you know <laughs> right. I think if that was well, a that, thing that, that that wing does kind of exist, doesn't it? Isn't that the Barack Obama wing? I now? know now that's what it is. Which I mean, is incredible. it's crazy that um, AOC came out over the weekend and she was like, you know, Barack Obama is not the guy. He kind of failed us. This is the new, this is the new Democrats that that look at Barack Obama as tame. Like an old stodgy, yeah. Those did are the old nothing. days. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Elizabeth Warren. Score forty five point three. She's awful at campaigning, but her attempt to try to tie Game of Thrones into the campaign, saying it was an example of it's good to have powerful women, is one of the most disgusting, pandering oh pieces of nonsense. That's not the word I wanted to use there. That I've ever uh, I've ever seen in my life. She is just terrible at this, and you know, it's it just. You know, you're just waiting for her to say, "Can I? Go, I'm going to go grab me a beer and watch some Game of Thrones." She's, oh, she's like so at bad. that level of just, just so the pandering is disgusting. Cory Booker's number six, and again, we talk about having a large field. That's different than having a good field. If Cory Booker <laughs> is number six, you've got problems. Uh, she had forty; he had forty whole people uh, at his appearance in Nevada, um, wow. which is pretty impressive. And uh, the they noted that it was uh, comprised of people of varying ages. Which is different than most crowds because most crowds are contained entirely of people that just have the same birthday. And right. <laughs> Not varying ages. No, no. Mm-mm. That's totally different than most crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Franco Rourke has a 60.2 on our scale. I'll get to the big guys here. Uh, he's still number five. Even though it does seem like he's really all the pretty boy hype has faded away from, from Beto and gone to Pete Buttigieg, I think. Uh, I, Buttigieg knows who he is. 
I guess. I mean, he hasn't had any tough questioning. We'll get to that here in a second. But again, this is a guy who gave less than... Uh, so Kirsten Gillibrand gave 2% to charity in the tax re- reports that came out. Beto O'Rourke g- that's, gave one-seventh of that amount. He was at 0.3%. His, his wife's dad is worth somewhere between $500 million and $20 billion. And this is what he's giving. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. He's giving his time. That's true. Yeah, he's giving, yeah, he said, my time on the campaign trail away from my family so I could so I could fight for you. That's what I'm giving. Oh, oh wow. Brave. Thank you. Brave. Pete Buttigieg comes in at number four. His 62.9 out of 100. Uh, he he is so far, again, hasn't been challenged, although there's been little bits of pieces now about him as a candidate, his sort of profile. Barney Frank came out and said, look, the only reason this guy's getting this much attention is because he's gay. Barney Frank came wow. out and said that uh, another uh, another Democratic activist is saying, look, yeah, he's he's gay. He's a gay man. But you know what that says to me? He's just a man, another man, another white man. And it's not good enough on the intersectionality scale. The issue is when you base your vote on a candidate's genitals, you wind up having issues. Mm-hmm. This is this is a very confusing process. Number three was number one last week. Kamala Harris, a sixty eight point six on our one to one hundred scale. Um, you can view her campaign kind of one of two ways. One, she had a big launch and she's faded. Or two, she's playing the long game. She's looking at this and kind of replicating the Barack Obama path. She's lined up more Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton doublers, more than uh, bundlers, more than double any other candidate. Wow. And she's got all these celebrities lining up behind her. She's a t- I think she's attempting that that approach, whether it works or not. In this. She is, she is also uh, going to be the vice presidential candidate. She may, but let me give you this p- bit of if she's not If she's not the presidential nominee, she will be the vice presidential nominee. I'm generally bullish on uh, Kamala Harris. Plus, she raises a lot of money, which someone would like who's yes. running for president yes. other VP. Uh, I will say, though, can a Democratic candidate in, in this news environment win win with this as a literal viewpoint that they're admitting uh this is from the harris campaign communications director lily adams she says kamala harris's support for israel is central to who she is her support for israel is central Mm -hmm. for who who she is she's firm in her belief that israel has a right to exist and defend itself including against rocket attacks from gaza so just just admitting that there are attacks from gaza and not some defensive measure is one thing but when you're saying that they're responding, you're actually admitting that the Jews are not every, you know, they're responsible for every single one of these problems. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get through that in this in the Democratic it's environment. It's a longer right term now. play, maybe, uh, but that's risky. Uh, number two, Bernie Sanders. Now Sanders came out and called the Israeli government racist. Uh, he has a sixty-nine point two out of one hundred on our scale. Uh, he has been able to convince Cardi B. To vote for him, which is interesting because she's already made these rants. We played the rants where she says she hates taxes. Right. And now she wants to vote for Cardi. Cardi B is going to vote for her. I don't think Cardi B is following these things as closely as we all would like. I, you know, I, I, I'm going out on a limb here, but I don't think people should follow uh, Cardi B's advice on anything, quite honestly. I mean, she might have well, good advice on some things. I don't know what they might be, but well, it's not politics. If you want to drug and steal your prostitution clients, you could go to Cardi B, for okay. example. Okay, all right. Because um, okay, that's, that's one thing she's good at. And number one, and I want to make, point out, 69.2 is the, is the number for Bernie Sanders. Number one with 78.8. So this is a big gap in this, uh, in this ranking. Is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., you pointed out, Glenn, that Barack Obama, with a chance to make a statement about how 
people of different colors and races uh, and, and and maybe sexual orientations could could do these roles, chose Joe Biden Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, as his candidate, uh, an old white guy. Mm-hmm. So that was what they did now. Whether that's going to happen again, I don't know. Is it okay to have one white guy on the ticket even for the Democrats right now? I don't know. I, they don't seem to want that. I mean, at least the media and the, you know, and their, their puppeteers uh, don't seem to want a white male. No. So you can get uh, all the rankings up at glenbeck.com right now. And we should point out before we go, I didn't make it up. Robinette is actually his middle name. It's uh, it's quite uh, quite remarkable to to see what is is happening. And Stu has broken it all down. He does once a week. You can find it at glenbeck.com. Glenbeck.com. Also, World of Stu. He'll tweet that out. I'm sure that link to it here. In just a few minutes. Good idea. Stand by. Avengers Game of Thrones. You're listening to Glenn Beck. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Are you in a fixed rate mortgage? It's good if you're in a fixed rate mortgage. If you're in an adjustable mortgage, I think you're in real peril. Uh, the the Fed is going to have to raise rates. They've shown that they want to raise rates. Now they're gonna. They've said that they're gonna have a more sensible view of this. But I'm, when they start going up, they're gonna start going up fast, and your mortgage could become unaffordable quickly. I urge you, please get your financial house in order and refinance your mortgage to lock in the uh, the current rate. It's really smart to do that right now. Take advantage of a free mortgage review from American Financing. It's a great way to learn about new loan programs that might be able to save you a ton of money every month. It's a simple 10-minute phone call with a salary-based mortgage consultant. It's a great time to buy a home, a great time to lock in a mortgage rate. American Financing, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. All right, go to Glenbeck.com for the candidate ratings and for the big special on Wednesday, BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Learn what's going on with socialism in the United States. No, no, please. Last night, what, six, seven years in the making, winter finally came last night to Winterfell, and it was an epic battle. The good news is we are not going to spoil anything because Stu knows nothing about this series. He's only watched three episodes now. He doesn't know who all of the characters are. In fact, doesn't know who any of the characters are. And it was an odd, dark experience for our friend Stu Brigier. Here he is with his Game of Thrones update. Some big reveals in this one. Really? Uh, yeah. I think there were actually were some big things that happened. Okay. Uh, you know, I hope some of these aren't... I don't think they're spoilers. No, I don't I, know. I'm pretty sure they're not. Okay. I, I, I looked at your notes and they're definitely... Mm-mm. Okay, so there's an hour 25 on my DVR for this episode. Yeah. Approximately 45 minutes of that are the opening title sequence. No, I don't. I, I, no. It's impossible how long it is. <laughs> right. It's incredible. I, I'm with you on okay, that. Okay. okay. So the fat guy is scared of battle. Uh, fat guy from one of the houses that we placed last week. Yeah. Um, there's a little kid warrior who is not afraid. Could be a boy or a girl. I'm not sure. Uh, the angry elf is not afraid of the battle. 
Uh, the wheelchair Backstreet Boy is being wheeled towards battle, which seems like really misdirected bra- bravery there. I don't think no. that that's a good idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, everyone is kind of quiet and ready. Uh, we, there's a lot of troops, but it's really dark and it's hard to tell. Uh, I am. I'm, I did not write the art of war. That's not me. Mm-hmm. However, aligning all of your troops in the most compact area possible seems like a bad strategy, which is what they did. It was a different strategy. Yeah, it was one that I had. I have not seen. I. I will tell you. Um, have you ever seen a battlefield like this? Have you ever seen it a was battle scene immense. like this? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It really was. It was. I mean, it was an impressive piece of of. Whatever it was, <laughs> I mean, of television. It was, it was, it was amazing. It that would have been a good film. It would have been. It was yeah. that quality. Yeah. Uh, every major character is in the battle, but Jon Snow and the Blondie Queen Lady are just walking, watching from basically like a luxury box a mile away. They're just <laughs> checking it out. I think. I mean, I get that they're important, but they don't. They it was don't. really. It was hmm. kind of hard. You're like, I mean, if I were down on the ground, I'd be looking up, going, like, "Hey, we're where down are you? here?" Yeah. Uh, ten minutes in, one sentence of dialogue. That's really? how it was. Ten minutes on my DVR, and I re- there was only one sentence of dialogue so far. Um, in a dramatic moment, uh, a lady kind of looks like Andy McDowell. You know, the, she's from um, Groundhog Day, yeah. and many other things. Uh, she makes all the swords light on fire for the first group of okay. battlers. So the Andy McDowell character from Groundhog Day, yes, she sets swords sets on the fire. swords on fire, mm-hmm. which I was. It seems like there's a limited advantage to this. Like what? So your sword's on fire, but I mean, what what good is that going to do? If you stab someone, likely they're going to die anyway. What are you? I guess you're lighting the way so you can see a little no, bit. They, they, but it also could catch you on fire very easily. Yeah, no, seems like there's significant downsides. You missed you missed a key element of okay. of what will kill the army. Okay, yeah. I don't know what that is. I think they were honestly just set on fire because of the cool visual. Because from the luxury box where Jon Snow is, it looked really yeah. cool as they all lit up. It I think that was the cool. main reason they did it. It did look cool. It. And then when they were charging, it looked cool. Yes. Uh, the fat guy realized how smart he was to be scared of the battle because it was not going well. Right. The army attacks, and it, <laughs> but it's like super... Did you get... I mean, to me, it was so dark and so close up, I couldn't tell what was going on at all. It was just a bunch of... Occasionally, you'd see like scary faces pass in front of the screen, and then like, someone gets decapitated. Right. That was essentially right. yes, the entire yeah. battle. It was kind of hard to follow. I couldn't because it was going quickly and very close. And you're right, very dark, dark, dark enough to the point I thought maybe the iPad had shut off. Right? Yeah, because I think also it's a it's a way to lower your production costs. They did this with, with the swords all on fire, right? Yeah. They had the scene where they all went into there and they all got all to battle, and you can't see what's going on. You see a bunch of swords on fire, and then they all just start getting extinguished one by one, and then they like, get wiped out. And it's a great way to just save the money of having to produce that right. battle. Right. right. Like, whatever happened right. over there, you didn't just, see it. You're you too far go away. Into Sorry. This, go to this big empty studio and hold these Christmas lights, <laughs> and we're going to put them out one at a time. <laughs> That's right. it. It's right. nice and easy. Right. right. Uh, so, uh, Frumpy Girl... Uh, gives a, the redhead a dagger and acts as if it could be useful at some point in the battle. So that's interesting. I don't right. know what it means. Okay. How about this one though? Blonde queen lady, the the one who's the the Siegfried and Royd of dragons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She f- flies in and just turns on fire breathing and wipes out like half the army. Why didn't you do that before you sent the poor light up fire uh, sword people over there? Right. They all got killed. Well, they're. Why not just fly over there and wipe them all out with a giant dragon fire? There was a strategic reason for that, and it was talked about while they were in the, as you said, luxury skybox. Hmm. I didn't catch that. (laughs) 
Uh, so this is why I say don't worry about spoilers because he's not catching a lot of important I'm not. things. Okay, so it was a really bad storm and or a weapon that was used or happened that mm-hmm. made it, I guess, tough for dragons to fly. So the dragon thing stopped working at one point. Um, then they started retreating, which was really bad, I guess. And then, like, I'm you—you you see the faces of them, and it's like—is this entire? I, I honestly want to know this. Is this a zombie series? <laughs> no, no, it's not. They're fighting. Zo- this is essentially zombies. Like, it's a Walking Dead episode. It really—it did seem reminiscent of that, like in old timey clothes. Yeah, yeah, like a medieval, right? Walking Dead. It's not. It's not. It's not. This, the, the zombies have played a very minimal role. You said this was the big battle they were building to all the, the whole time. Well, this is the battle. This is the first ba- The first line of the series, if I'm not mistaken, is mm-hmm. winter is coming. This is the battle of winter. But it's not, it's not the, necessarily the final battle. It's just a big battle. All right. Uh, so then they tried to light the trenches on fire with the air with the flaming arrows, but it was too cold and windy. That didn't work out very well at all. <laughs> no, that's not what. Uh, and about a half hour in, you realize this battle's not going well. Mm-hmm. They are not doing a good job in this mm. particular battle. Mm. That's when the big reveal happened to me. Uh, maybe the biggest reveal of the whole series that I've watched so far. No, you're not giving away anything. Not a, not a we've big. We checked with this, right? Okay. Yeah, right. We've, we've run it by some experts. They say this is somehow not a big reveal, but uh, the redhead woman. Uh, she's talking to Ang- Angry Elf, and they reveal that they were once married. Married! The Angry Elf <laughs> yeah. guy and, and Redhead not girl a reveal. are married. <laughs> yeah, not a big reveal. <laughs> it was Everybody to me. Was. It just didn't look like, it did not look likely, I'll say. Really? I, just did, I said this did, that would be a real surprise to me if I was in this community. <laughs> right, okay. And those two, really? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Every once in a while, you have those friends. I'm, I happen to be <laughs> that friend for a lot of people. How, right. how did he get her? Right. That, that's me most right. of the time. Kind of the same way there. Right. Uh, right. So, right. Okay. okay. Um, the Dragon Queen is referenced, which I think is Blondie because of her Siegfried Royd dragon situation that mm. she's got going on. Uh, the curly-haired guy apologized to the wheelchair Backstreet Boy who was out in the snow in his wheelchair again. This poor guy is always out in the snow in his wheelchair, which is really terrible terrain for a wheelchair. Why don't right. they understand this? I don't know. I mean, there's got to be It's not other... like he can escape. But there's got to be a cart or something they can pull this guy around. He seems important. Right. Well, and they're they always used having to just, wheel out in the snow. They used to just drag him by his armpits. For like a whole season, they would just drag him around in the snow oh, by so his armpits. Oh, so he's excited about this Oh, he, okay. a wheelchair is a big step up for him. Okay. <laughs> uh, the zombies beat the fire trench by laying on top of the fire and putting it out. This was a solid strategy by the zombie people. Yeah, I thought so, too. That was good. I thought so too. That, that was a pretty was good, good twist. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. that one coming. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's uh, The zombies seem to disintegrate when they're hit. They're not like uh, people. They just disintegrate into little pieces, maybe? With um, with, with fire. Okay. Oh. Swords. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. See, you're explaining something. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, the young girl stabbed a very tall guy in the eye, and he... <laughs> He, uh, not really. And of course, it was one of those moments where he like picks her up and looks longingly into her eyes instead of just crushing her like every other person they've come across. Right. Which allows her the all opportunity right. okay, to stab him right. in the eye, which okay. is just, again, terrible strategy by the tall guy. Right, okay. Uh, the dragon fight happens, but it's kind of hard to, hard to tell. They seem to be fighting at one point. Um, again, this is about zombies, this show. That's, that is no, what I, I've understood. It's really not. Uh, the zombies can detect the dripping gl- blood of the frumpy girl while she's hiding from them. They can detect that, and that's that's worrisome. However, they can't detect any of her footprints as she's walking around the entire right. place over and over again. They can't hear right. that. They can only hear the dripping blood. Right. They did seem yeah. a little keen on the small things. Yes. They- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like that. That's right. a good way of looking at it. 
Um, guy was using a flaming sword inside, which is just a fire safety hazard. You don't, you know, that's an out. That's for outside use, right? Okay. Well, if your house is made entirely of stone, it's, well, that's true. It's, it's going to yeah. be help more, but yeah. you still have curtains, probably. I mean, right. It's not, again, make, it could cause yeah. some serious, serious yeah. damage. Uh, the zombies have a dragon too, and that one breathes blue fire, which is the difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, another big reveal. I thought this was key. The frumpy girl, who was just like standing on the side of the road, is the only time, other time I've really even seen her. She seems to be very important. Like I would say, she's a very important character in the show. I'm going to say that. Yeah. All right. So she mm. might that's be a- known to the audience as something else other than frumpy girl. <laughs> I feel right. like they, that's probably yeah. not her official okay. name. All right. That is yeah. what she looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, my laptop got into a, got down to 11 percent power, which was. Right. Oh, well, that's not good. Not that's good. concerning. So, but this was a big change. So, this guy, another guy on the opposition who seemed very important, uh, his name was Zacharias, potentially. Um, and he was hit by the Zicarious? Blondie Dragon's fire, but then nothing happened to him. Kind of like. It, it no, remi- it's Dakaris. Decar- uh, you were Z- saying Dakaris, not Zicarious? I would say Zacharias is what I thought I heard. And that, and, and that was the name of. The character. The character. Huh. <laughs> when you look okay. at me, this does not seem accurate. Uh, but Jon Snow was going to fight Zacharias one-on-one. Uh-huh. That, uh, but then the zombies that were all there, uh-huh. they just woke up. Right. And they're all alive again. Yeah. Now, I couldn't tell if it was the zombies or the the, uh, the other side that woke up. But all the dead people woke up, and then they were all on, yeah. on Team Zacharias somehow. Right. Um, and then <laughs> the zombies were burrowing through the protected area where the important people were living in the castle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's a there's a lot of I would say important people are about to die, but then are saved at the last second by some other important character. Like that scene happened about sixty times in this uh-huh. battle scene. Uh-huh. Um, the curly hair guy learned he was a good man to the wheel from the wheelchair Backstreet Boy, which was apparently enough for him to run at Zacharias in a pointless suicide attack, no, and he failed spectacularly. In this That's effort. the the d- dragon or the z- who is Zacharias? He's like a guy. He looked like almost like a. Like a robot superhero type of guy, like almost like a like the Max Headroom. Maybe. Yeah, okay. It's like a, all right, okay. we can call okay. him Max Headroom if that right. makes you more comfortable. Yeah, right. But I think Zacharias is his real name, so no, we should I... just use that. Okay, well, you're not getting a review like this anyplace else. No. And then, as Backstreet Boy is about to die, my computer dies first, so I I didn't write down anything else after that. But something else <laughs> happened after that. But it doesn't matter because the big revelations right. had already occurred. Number one, Frumpy Girl was an important character. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, redhead and elf, uh, angry elf are married. Those two are the big things to take away, I think, from this episode. You know, I think I watched an entirely different episode uh, than Stu, but uh... I think the Zacharias guy is pretty dangerous. <laughs> they should watch out for him. You know, after this is all over, I'm going to tell you. Uh, oh, I can't wait to now yeah. actually know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, simply safe. Simply Safe. We, we've talked about Simply Safe for a very long time. I think they had about six employees when we first met, um, and I quickly realized they were the only ones that are really doing home security systems right. They, you know, the other options are the big traditional companies that try to sell you an outdated system, expensive long-term contracts, and that's not happening with Simply Safe. The other extreme is you have a new security gadget, you know, that you know you can get at Best Buy or whatever, and it. You know, it protects your front door and allows you to see who's at your front door. And that's it. And what happens if you miss an alert when you're monitoring it yourself? Simply Safe makes it easy to protect your family, secure your home. They have around the clock, 24-7 professional monitoring and police dispatch. It's $15 a month. It's you know who f- didn't have it? You know who didn't have Simply Safe? Blondie Queen Lady. 
she didn't have it. Redhead didn't have it. Angry Elf didn't have it. None of them had it, and that's yeah. why they had all these issues. I didn't see it on the doors of, of Winterfell at all. Because <laughs> you think if they saw the sign, they were like, protected by Simply Safe, they would have stopped this. Close army. the gate. Would've... Turn on the Simply Safe. <laughs> that would have been some solid product placement. <laughs> these guys got to think of that. That's, that's right. Mm. Uh, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and it's super easy to use. Just visit simplysafebeck.com. If you have zombies coming through your windows, and your doors. Simply Safe will call the police for you. SimplySafeBeck.com. Order today, you'll get 10% off your system. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. New York Times has done it, done it again. They just ran, they just ran, you know, the cartoon, you know, where the dog was Bibi Netanyahu, uh, and uh, and it was the Jewish person leading, you know, the Jewish guide dog leading the blind Trump. Okay, first of all, I just posted on Instagram. I'll I'll tweet it out too. A a picture a propaganda poster on the cover of a uh, german magazine propaganda against the jews it was a jewish man leading by the hand uh a um uh a figure of winston churchill so it's the same thing it's the same thing then two days later the new york times publishes this hmm. It's Benjamin Netanyahu, I guess, dressed as Moses with the Ten Commandments. I mean, and he's taking a selfie of himself. Right? I mean, is that what he's doing? Yeah. What? What is this? Basically, trying to say that he cares. Or he's trying to. He's showing that he cares about Jews, I guess, and that's the, at least the point. Maybe. Or he's like he's like I'm. Uh, he's taking pictures of himself. No, that's Benjamin Netanyahu. That's not Trump. No, I know. Yeah, but like Netanyahu is doesn't actually care. Like he's just I, I I don't care about the Ten Commandments. I don't care about Moses. I care about pictures of myself. Or I'm I'm the new Moses. You know, look at me, look at me. Right. Yeah. I mean, holy cow! And this one got passed at your two days yeah. into a scandal where you've done horrible propaganda. And you do it again? I mean, look at this, Stu. Look at this. Is that not the same basic idea? Same picture as the one the New York Times ran. Yeah. Basically, cartoon of, of uh, some Jewish force leading around the American, uh, or no, in no, this case, it's Churchill. But, I mean, it, you know, the same concept applies here. Obviously, different uh, different nation. Uh, but leading them around as if they're the ones really calling the shots. Right. Unbelievable yeah, what's amazing. happening. And uh, we have Amy Holmes. Uh, she's going to be joining us here in a second. She's got, uh, she's had some trouble recently because she dare speak out against uh, Ilan Omar and Ocasio uh, Cortez. And that's just something you just don't do. We have Amy Holmes coming up in just a few minutes. Stand by. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. We're so glad that you are uh, here with us. Uh, We have the final hour of the show. Amy Holmes is coming up in uh, just a second. 
we also want to tell you about a special that is happening on uh, Wednesday that we ask you to watch. I, I'm really excited about this uh, special. Uh, as it is, it's going to open your eyes to what's really happening and how close we are to watch uh, to to seeing the destruction of our of our country as we know it. It's called Socialism: A Warning for the Dead. It will be um, available on Facebook and YouTube and Blaze TV. It's free. We want everyone to watch it. Special event Wednesday at 8 p.m. More in a second. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, anti-Semitism has uh, reared its ugly head, as it always does when socialism begins to rise. And it gets uglier and uglier. And we saw more anti-Semitism this weekend, uh, this time with a shooting at a synagogue in California. The press will, of course, make this, and so will the politicians, about guns, etc., etc. Not anti-Semitism, but that's really what we should be addressing here. These socialists that are anti-Semitic, because they always go hand in hand. There is an article that was written in in a German magazine, Two Women on the Verge of a Party Takedown. It's great analysis that has caused its writer some trouble here in America. The writer is our friend and former co-worker, Amy Holmes. She's talking about AOC and Ilan Omar. Some stories that you might not have heard before. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Every time you have to buy or sell a home, you're starting from scratch. You're starting with somebody that you don't know. The real estate agent, you don't know who's... I mean, how do you find one? Do you know how to measure what makes a great agent? We have gone and pre-selected some of the best agents all around the country. We choose agents with a long track record of performance. They're experts in your neighborhood, and they do business like you do with shared values. That's that's what we look for, because this is the biggest investment of your life. And what we look for is somebody that can help you. So who are we? Well, it's a company I started about four or five years ago. It's called realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to sell your house on time for the most amount of money with the least hassle, if you're going into a new place and you don't know where the good neighborhoods are, where you should live, you know, where you're, where, you're, where you're going to be happiest with your family, realestateagentsitrust.com. They will help you with the right real estate agent. So get your home sold fast and for the most amount of money with realestateagentsitrust.com. Amy Holmes joins us now. Uh, Amy Holmes, who uh, really was with The Blaze when we first started, and she did The Blaze's Real News. Uh, she has hosted MSNBC's uh, morning news, news program way too early. 
and now you'll see her on CNN. She's in election coverage. She's at the Situation Room, yada, yada, yada. Welcome to the program, Amy Holmes. Hi, Amy. Glenn, thank you so much for having me this morning. You bet. Uh, so I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about this article that you wrote for a German mm-hmm. magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what you found about uh, Elon Omar and AOC. Yes. So uh, I wrote this piece for uh, the Swiss Weekly called Die Weltsuche. Um I didn't have to write it in German, thankfully, since I don't speak German. It was translated for me. Uh, but I, you know, did reporting. I dug into both of these women. And uh, Ilan Omar, more specifically, I picked up the phone and I called a woman named Phyllis Kahn, who was a Minnesota state legislator that Ilan Omar first beat in 2016. Phyllis mm-hmm. had served in the Minnesota State Legislature for 44, 44 years, the longest serving woman in electoral politics, and along comes Ilan Omar and historically unseats her to become the first Somali-American to serve in the Minnesota State Le- Legislature. Mm-hmm. Well, in the course of, you know, discussing this with Phyllis, and I think I'm one of the first people that's called her even just to get her reaction to Ilan Omar now in Congress, and uh, she said, you know, I asked her about the anti-Semitism, and Phyllis is Jewish. She was born to Eastern Jewish, uh, Eastern European Jewish immigrants in New York City in Brooklyn. And I asked her about it, and she was surprised. And Glenn, she said, oh, no, not at all. And she had warned that Ilan Omar seemed to harbor anti-Semitic, you know, proclivities and impulses way back in 2016. But prior to that, what the story that she told me that I have not seen anywhere in the national media, mainstream media, in coverage of Ilan Omar, is back in 2014, Ms. Omar was a city council aide, and she was at a polling station, probably illegally, to campaign for her boss, for the state legislator, uh, who was running against Phyllis Khan. And at the polling station, a Somali-American election judge was there, speaking in Somali to Somali-American voters in Minnesota, telling them that this candidate is our Somali brother and the other is the old Jewish lady. Mm. And Ilan Omar was there. Now, Phyllis Khan had a Somali-American supporter who understood Somali and understood what this election judge was saying. He uh, signed an affidavit that Ilan Omar was shouting instructions to the election judge and that, this, you know, that she was in cahoots. Ilan Omar, of course, denies it, says that it's ridiculous. Uh, but this was all going on sort of under the radar in Somali with these. Uh, and Phyllis, as she said to me, Ilan Omar does not deny that she was there. She does not deny that there was communication in Somali. She denies that she that the that the the woman said, and this is for the old Jewish lady. Mm. Now, Phyllis said, even if Ilan Omar did not actively participate in directing voters to vote for our Somali brother over the old Jewish lady, she was there and she could have put a stop to it, and she didn't. And you know that's sort of the most generous reading of that situation. So, well, the election judge was removed, was told not to work at that precinct because of the conflict. Uh, the, you know, Khan's campaign did file complaints. So it's on the record, Glenn. 
And if you dig on Google, you'll see some local reports at the time in 2014 about this incident. But I have not seen it anywhere in current mainstream media news coverage of Ilan Omar's, you know, apparently fairly long history now when it comes to elections of either expressing anti-Semitic views or being tolerant of them. She is, she's clearly, um, I think, a, um, uh, I want to be very, very careful here. She is, uh, to me, uh, clearly a very um, passionate woman against Israel. Uh, and yeah. I, I question her relationship deeply with care. Um, I think care is yeah. instrumental in, in her life. Uh, and she does. Well, she has, she's on the board. She's done extensive fundraising for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's been deeply entangled with care for many years. So tell me what you found now about AOC, because your, your article is two women on the verge of a party takedown. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, you can read it two ways. Either the party takes them down or they take the party down. <laughs> Which do you think is more uh, likely? Well, I think. Unfortunately, that it seems more likely that they are pushing the Democratic Party in a very, at least to me, disturbing and concerning direction. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know, our House of Representatives could not clearly and specifically denounce anti-Semitism or, shall we say, uh, ugly views when it comes to Uh, support for Israel, support for the Jewish state, and the Jewish state itself. The fact that our Congress could not do that, I thought, was um, extremely disturbing, extremely telling about, I guess, what, you know, sort of euphemistically is called the new young energy of the Mm -hmm. Democratic left. And I find it also extremely disturbing that AOC... She seems to be an absolutely loyal and vigorous defender of Ilan Omar, no matter what Congressman Omar says, and that she will not take a step back and start to look more carefully and more critically at these, uh, you know, now multiple, multiple remarks that are being made by Congressman Omar in public. Uh, That's very disturbing to me uh, that this is. And then, you know, if you uh, criticize or critique these remarks, uh, of course, the shield goes straight up of, you're attacking a black Muslim woman or a woman of color. Well, no, we're attacking the views that are being expressed that we know lead to very ugly chapters in world history. I had um, I had somebody who was a former lefty, still very, very liberal, um, but mm-hmm. is very concerned about what is what's happening um, with culture and how we're denying reality and everything else. And yeah. she said to me on Friday, she said, you know, this whole thing with the, with uh, the Christians being called Easter worshipers, she said, what? Uh, you didn't hear that. No. Yeah. The, no, the, the Christians that were bombed in uh, Sri Lanka, all of the, mm-hmm. all of the reports from the mainstream media was, this was an attack on Easter worshipers. And so we pointed out worship uh, the yeah. Easter bunny. Easter, or, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but none of them would say these were Christians. Christians. It was all Christians. Easter worshippers. So you think they just don't know what Easter is. They uh, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But she said, you know, I heard all these conservatives get upset about that, and she said, it's not like the reporters 
are trying to destroy Christianity. She said they're just afraid to uh, to use language that looks like it supports Christianity. And I said, well, I think that makes that worse. Like afraid of of yeah. of, of who? Who are they afraid of? Right, the, right. the left. Right. Well, that, that, so basically, the you know the result is erasing Christianity, which is the same as attempting to destroy it. Correct. If you can't say Christianity, and if you can't say that these were Christians who were killed, who were targeted deliberately for their faith, and now the press can't even say that. So you you write in your uh, story about mm-hmm. uh, um, Joe Lieberman and how th- that he came out and talked about AOC and she mm-hmm. said who's dat uh, that was her yeah. tweet uh, yeah, and you know, dismissed him as if he was completely irrelevant right and uh, in speaking to Joe Lieberman uh, he says that he thinks a lot of the people that he knows the you know older line. Uh, Democrats that they are terrified of these these two and their then oh, their absolutely. cult. Yes, I, I spoke with another. Um, so in, in researching AOC, I spoke with a former aide to uh, you know, U.S. Senator uh, Chuck Schumer, um, Michael Pogman, and I quote him in the piece. And in our conversation, I asked him, you know, here in New York, he's based here in New York. How you know what are you hearing from uh, you know Jewish Democrats, Jewish donors to the Democratic Party? And he said, Oh, they're terrified. They're absolutely apoplectic about what's going on and what they're seeing, and the Democratic Party's apparent unwillingness and uh, impotence in putting a stop to it because, you know, they don't want to risk uh, offending these, the young, new energy of the Democratic Party. Uh, it's extremely disturbing, but something that was a bit of a silver lining to me, uh, Phyllis told me in our conversations, that, which I report, that she's getting phone calls from Somali Americans in Minnesota who are asking her for her help in unseating Ilan Omar, that they, that they, too, are very disturbed by what they're hearing from her. And this is also, you know, in terms of Somali Americans in Minnesota not liking it, this has been reported in the New York Times and Washington Post and CNN, but she says, you know, she's going a step further. They're actually calling her to say, how do we unseat her? What is your advice? How do we get rid of her? Um, and she said, well, the first step is you have to find a candidate. And... Glenn, I watched this documentary, Time for Ilan. I watched it so you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You can get it on Amazon Prime. It is the softest, most glowing account of the rise of this, you know, mother of three children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And the documentarist is actually Jewish, Nora Shapiro. And she's been asked, you know, well, what do you think about what you've heard? from Ilan Omar, and, you know, she, of course, she, she, she soft-pedaled it. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, lady? Yeah. You know, you need to be reporting honestly about this person. Yeah. And she's like, well, it is disturbing. Uh, but anyway. But anyway, yeah. Phyllis, yeah, but anyway, as Phyllis points out, Ilan Omar has been very skillful in presenting, oh, at yeah. least to the Minnesota public, presenting this very attractive, sympathetic uh, figure to the voting public. And he's very good at deploying, you know, identity politics to make that connection. 
You can follow Amy uh, on Twitter at realamyholmes. Uh, real uh, real, oh, real Amy M. Holmes. Sorry about that. Yes, my little initial, yep. Yeah, real Amy M. Holmes. Uh, thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, thank you so much. You bet. God bless. All right. Sponsor this half hour is Filter By. My son was sneezing up a storm all weekend. By the way, I, I, I took the shots two years ago. And I wish I would have done it when I was his age. I can't convince him to take the shots. But man, my I, my See, allergies allergy used thing, to be. You told you so, told me about this when you did this. You take it, allergy shots. How long? For uh, like a while. almost a year, uh, and took them. It put me in the hospital twice. My allergies were so bad. Put me in the hospital twice. They stopped giving me uh, shots for horses, which is killing me. Horses and dogs. So I'm still allergic to my own dog. And I'm really allergic to horses. And the horse thing was putting me in the hospital every time they gave me a shot for that. They, they were like, you're not going to ever ride a horse. And I'm like, no, I want to ride horses. Uh, anyway, horses are like, phew. I know. They're like, I can't <laughs> live that guy. Anyway, um, it has changed my life. It has totally changed my life. If you're ever thinking about doing allergy shots, do it. Do it before we get universal health care. Uh, anyway, uh, filter by. Filter by also is another way to make sure that your family is not suffering during the allergy season. The allergy season, man, with all these trees and flowers, they just burst with all this pollen. And my son was sneezing so hard every time he went to go outside. Inside, we have it, you know, we have it curtailed because we have our air filters changed. You have to change your air filter after the winter into the springtime because you've got all that crap that was sucked out of the air during the winter. Now you've got all the pollen coming in as well. So get a clean filter with filter by com. They'll send it to you within 24 hours. It'll be on your doorstep. Uh, you know, uh, and also if you just, if you just, check the box you know auto renewal it will send them every time you're supposed to change it so you never have to think about it again and you'll save five percent on it it is filter by filter buy.com filter buy.com 10 seconds station id i uh want to go to uh gary in uh, georgia uh, Gary, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Glenn. Uh, I want to ask you the name of the seven, the name of the nameless God, <laughs> the old school, and everybody else on Westeros. Yes. Never let you do another one of those. <laughs> you don't like his Game of Thrones what? recaps, his review. It's, it's, it's painful. <laughs> I, that's what i enjoy so much is how the books and watches the show and loves it it is painful to listen to students <laughs> I, I, I assume you're saying the analysis is not correct which of course i don't understand it doesn't seem painful to me i think i'm helping people kind of come along maybe they're picking up the series with me mm-hmm. and this is for a- instance gary did you know as he pointed out uh, the 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 big reveal last night was was the angry elf and the redhead were married. Yeah, crazy. I, and the eye twitch starts again, and the nose starts to bleed. Hurts <laughs> <laughs> me to hear a show that's that good be talked about that badly. What? Seriously, uh, Gary. Last night was that 
was that battle scene without i don't want to give any spoilers have you ever seen have you ever seen anything like that battle scene the closest i can come to is the one that you referenced the battle of helms deep right and it but i i don't know about you but about halfway through that one i was like okay come on i got it i got it i got it uh well, I, well i'm an old school nerd so you know, you know you, as long as there's broad involved i'm good to go <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just I was just amazed. I've never seen anything shot like that. I've never seen a battle scene that was was really that good. Really, really good. Thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate it. It's a little insulting, but thanks for calling in, Gary. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you should see, you should hear him talk about Avengers. Oh my god. Are you you're not even gonna go see it, are you? No. Avengers I, I know did one point two billion dollars worldwide opening weekend. I don't have interest in it, although, you know, this is what happens a lot of times with these big superhero movie releases is they come out and I don't have any interest in them. And everyone talks about them like they're so amazing. And then I get inspired to go see it. And then I have the same level of disappointment. I always do with these movies. Well, that's because in these, you don't know. I mean, you don't know the storyline at all. So it's like coming in with game of Thrones. That was an epic episode last night. And you came in, and I was like, well, what'd you think? What'd you think? And you're like, eh, you know, it's okay. It was really dark, and the titles are too long. <laughs> they <laughs> are really long. They are really long. And it I, was really yes. dark. I actually thought at some point, I really need to get a 4K TV, because I think the darks just aren't handled by... I have a nice... I think Maybe. a decent TV. It's just like, I mean, it's... It's really I have dark. a pretty good TV, too, and it's like it's off at times. Yeah. You're like... But that's a great idea if you're making these things because you got to control the budgets. Just make it super dark for like four minutes at a time. You don't have to show anything. <laughs> that's right. Like, I could have I mean, made that I for four minutes. That without revealing anything, just, just talking about the darkness of it. Between the darkness of it and the storm, I think they could have shot that thing for about $25. Yeah. Because there were so many places you're like, I don't know what's going on. I See? see? Yeah. That's exactly how I analyzed it. And I haven't even watched the series. Right. See? Well, and I nailed it the well, same way you, you did. No, not exactly. In your face, Gary. Not, not exactly. Back in just a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Latest trend for dark web cyber criminals is hacking into sensitive networks and stealing the identities of children. And then selling this on the dark web. Now, why would you do that, Stu? Because uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know why you do that. I don't have, I try, you should ask Jeffy these questions. They have, they have, they have no credit history. So Uh they're completely clean. And if they take your kid's name, it's going to be a long time before they, you know, they'll be almost 16 before. Promo code back lifelock.com. All right. The big special is coming up this weekend. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The future of socialism here. You know, I have uh, come to a place here recently um, to realize... um, what my calling is, what my role is in life, what my calling is, is to warn. That's my job. My job is to 
be a uh, a clock on the wall that every 15 minutes tells you what time it is, what time it is. And uh, the time is growing late and short. And people feel this. I have people come to me all the time uh, who say, you know, I really kind of didn't get it when you were talking about X, Y, and Z, but boy, the stuff you've talked about is all happening now, and it's happening so fast. On Wednesday, um, we're putting together a free special. I've made this free on Blaze TV, also on YouTube and on Facebook. We've made it free because everybody has to see this. I mean, it's my job to blow the trumpets and i am warning what is coming and so we're doing a special it it's planned to be 90 minutes but we don't know it may be more there's commercial free um and it is about the blueprint of what is happening former leader of czechoslovakia when this blueprint was um originally released and the the Czech people were free again. He said to the West, quote, read it and heed it, gentlemen of the free world, while you still are free. This is a blueprint that was written at about, I think, 1950, and it was written by one of the guys in the Communist Party in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia uh, was transformed from a free government, a free market, into a totalitarian dictatorship, peacefully and legally, the Soviet army did not have to come in and subdue. And and Czechoslovakia was the breadbasket of Europe. It was really successful. And Churchill had put these standards down for the Soviets, that you can't mess with them. You can't come in and drive your tanks. You can't overthrow it. You can't cause a revolution. So how did they do it? That's what they were thinking. How are we going to do this? The Soviet army didn't need to come in and and uh, and quell anything because in a three-year period, think of this, in a three-year period, this blueprint was put into action and the people chose the path to dictatorship. They chose exactly what we're choosing now. When I show you this blueprint of how they did it to Czechoslovakia, read it, heed it while you still are free. Because it shows exactly how they did this and how they're doing it now. And I don't, I'm not suggesting that there somebody is reading this blueprint and they're like, yes, now here's what we do. I'm just telling you it's all happening. It's a mighty coincidence that it's happening without reading the blueprint. But it's logical if you want to take over a country and flip them overnight. And you'll notice how fast bad things are happening and things are changing where you're like, wait a minute, what? When did that happen? Right now, the guy who wrote this blueprint and his co-conspirators manipulated the, the Czechoslovakian people into voting themselves into slavery from what he called, and see if this sounds familiar, 
pressure from above and pressure from below. And it turned the middle inside out. Top down, bottom, uh, top down, bottom up, inside out. How many times have you said that? Yes. Yes. So what I'm going to show you is how communists went in to Czechoslovakia and they were able to convince people to throw off the freely elected government of freedom and impose a dictatorship using just a certain few levers of government power in coordination with targeted mass agitation. When those things happen, top down, bottom up, inside out. I'm going to show you not only the plan, but I'm going to show you with the video and the news coverage of what's happening today, how this is all coming together. And you will be able to understand what's coming, and you will also have somewhat of a timetable. I'm also going to take you back at the very beginning to the last thing that I showed on the chalkboard when I was at Fox every day, every single day. When I was at Fox that last year, I did a repeat of this chalkboard, and it was about the caliphate and, you know, the coming revolution. And, um, and I knew I was getting hammered for it, but I did it every day because I knew it was right. I knew it was right. And it is just now being completed. And that chalkboard is about nine years old, eight years old. And it's now being completed. This It started its completion, I think, this last spring. And it's going to play a very big role in the coming months and whatever time is left if we don't turn back to God and wake up to true principles. But that's going to play a role. So I want to show you that first, and then I'm going to lay this new blueprint on top of it. And you will see how much trouble we're in and what we need to be talking about. We're arguing about second principles. We need to be talking about first principles. We're arguing about things when we should be saying, you know, oh, he's a racist. She's a racist. We should be talking about freedom of speech. We should be talking about freedom of the press. We should be talking about freedom of religion. We're talking about all the wrong things, and we're losing our first principles because, because of it. You need to be the catalyst for change in your own life. You need to teach your children these things. And it, it, because it implies to what's coming now. It's not just a history lesson. The history of it is interesting, I think, here, as we look at the special this week. But it's, it's not just that. And it goes further than that. I mean, you are seeing... Uh, I don't know that there's someone behind the scenes saying like, oh, look at this book. Look at the way they look at this blueprint. They did it just like this in Czechoslovakia. We can do it here. But it's all the same steps being applied. And and so all you you have to do is effective. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, the Wright brothers, they weren't the first ones to fly. Well, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I don't care. Did the Wright brothers steal it from somebody? No, they just got the same principles working in the same way. Or the people in, I don't know, Argentina or wherever they say, you know, is always arguing, no, we were first, wherever that is. Did they steal it from the Wright brothers? No. The same principles came into application. And that's the thing. When you apply certain steps, look, if I, if I come with butter and eggs and milk and flour 
and I assemble them in the right way, I can have cake or I could have bread. It depends on how I'm assembling them. If I assemble them in the same way that these ingredients were assembled in Czechoslovakia, you're going to lead to a dictatorship. It's a formula. Now, whether that somebody came up with this formula themselves, you know, after and didn't know anything about this blueprint, yeah, it could be. Could be. Doesn't need to be a conspiracy. The conspiracy is what's happening today. Somebody is coordinating, like on the border. We showed you a couple of weeks ago, and no one will pick this up. If we don't name the enemy, we will never defeat it. We have to name the enemy, and the enemy, radicals, uh, uh, Islamists, socialists, communists, anarchists, Those are the ones that are working in coordination. Oh, that that would never happen. Socialists and Islamists, they'd never work together. Elon Omar and AOC is a prime example of that. It's a prime example. It is happening. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't name it, if we don't see what's coming... You're going to be as surprised as the Czechoslovakian people were. And this happens, no no mistake here, that it's happening on May Day, May 1st, which is Wednesday. Uh, also, no, no surprise and no mistake that the same day Netflix is releasing a big documentary about AOC and, and, Elon and Omar and, and all this, this new wave of women coming in uh, to Congress. And AOC being the top, uh, you know, the top uh, draw, I guess, on this one. Also being released on May Day, which I, they aren't announcing that as intentional, but uh, of it's course hard it is. to imagine that of it is. Of course it is. And, you know, I don't know. Like, if they're coming out with their little documentary, which is going to do nothing but, like, sh- you know, shine, you know, hearts and, and unicorns and, and rainbows on AOC, maybe we should tell the truth about it, too. And that's what this is going to try to do here on, on Wednesday. Don't miss it. It'll be on the Blaze Facebook page, uh, the Blaze um, YouTube page, I think my YouTube page, and also uh, theblazetv.com. We're going to have a special uh, for you to sign up when you're watching it. Uh, but we, we urge you to sign up and join us at the Blaze. All of the money that we make is going back into the research and so we really urge you to uh, sign up and support us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, and you're going to save 10 bucks on your yearly membership. This special is free. We need you to watch it. We want you to watch it 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, wherever you can watch us for free. Blaze TV, YouTube, and Facebook. Car Shield is our sponsor. Car Shield Man is something that is just a no-brainer. Car Shield is something that I really think that you need to have. Um, if you have a used car, if you have, a, I'm sorry, if you have a pre-owned vehicle, uh, I've got a used truck. It was pre-owned. Yeah, it's used. Um, anyway, um, if you have a pre-owned vehicle or a used car, or just you know, this is the car you've had, and now the wi- warranty is expired. Man, do not 
get stuck paying for those sensors. Don't get stuck paying for those really high, uh, high-priced, expensive repairs for your car. I mean, it could cost you one sensor can cost you, you know, anywhere from three hundred to three thousand dollars. How are you going to afford that? I mean, that's just that's that's bone crunching. If you are a, a member of Car Shield, you'll have the protection that you need, and the covered repairs, man, will save your life. And they have 24-7 roadside assistance. They have a rental car while yours is being fixed. You don't have to wait for the check. The uh, the mechanic is paid directly. You can go right to the dealer and have it done. Just call 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. And mention the promo code Beck. Visit carshield.com. Promo code Beck and save 10, 10% now at carshield.com. Promo code Beck. CarShield.com or 800-CAR-6000 and mention the promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I want to play some audio for you. Apparently, uh, you know, people in the media are very upset that the Democrats still have any white people uh, in the Democratic Party, or at least as leadership. Uh, listen to this. Those are the top three. Why do you think white male candidates are doing better than any of the women candidates? It's uh, something to see all three on uh, the, the top of the polls being led by three white men, though. There's a little bit of a misperception that is happening right now that uh, that the white guys are at some sort of disadvantage. He's expected to enter the field as the frontrunner, ahead of the three other white guys who are currently polling in the top five. Three white guys at the top, still. Three white men lead the pack. These women have, quote, become somewhat overshadowed by white male candidates. If you are, you know, white man number one of the three white men at the top of the Democratic field right now. It bothers me a little bit that those are three white males and that we need to be talking about more diversity. The headline is racism and sexism. Women of color slam white male tilt of Dem primary. I have enjoyed white privilege. Absolutely. Undeniable. Holy cow. Uh, well, I think we should talk about redistributing their points. You know, I mean, if if you've got, you know, favorability poll uh, that puts you there, your disadvantage uh, should be we take away some of those uh, numbers. Thank you. And um, and give them to some of the other candidates. I mean, yes, Bernie worked for those, you know, for this credibility. This is his time. He's he's going to be dead soon. Um, as he is, you know, a billion years old and he's worked his whole life for this moment. But really, he's lived a privileged life. It's about time somebody says it. Thank you. It is about time somebody says it. Right. I love this because even like essentially what are they doing there? It's not criticizing the candidates. It's criticizing Democratic voters for not understanding they're not supposed to vote for white men anymore. Yeah. Somehow or another, they're these mad at them. Democratic voters are not smart enough. They're <laughs> they they just don't get it. You're not supposed to want a white male. And I love how even Rachel Maddow, who would ha- who's there talking about would, who would be the first gay president in U.S. history, even she's demeaning. Yeah, <laughs> she's even she's demeaning. People well, judge. his sex, his sexuality is not not intersection enough. It's not. I, I we have to I have to work on my intersectionality points uh, radar because I do not understand how this works anymore. Because, I mean, is skin color is number one now or is gender number one? Are we mad? Because we, we, I'm we, not sure what we, number one is. Because if Klobuchar and Warren 
Now, Warren's is exceptional because she's Native American, but uh, there's a, if they were both two and three, or one and two in this, would they be saying too many white people? They wouldn't bring up the men thing. They would say it's too many white people at the top. Yeah, they would say, where's the diversity? Yeah, where's Cory Booker? Where's, yeah. uh, where's Kamala Harris? Guys? Well, it's never going to be enough. Kamala Harris, nobody really knows who she is. One Everybody the, knows who Joe Biden is. I'm telling you, a John Hickenlooper just needs to go transgendered right now. He'd win this primary. Oh, he just a, do it. Seriously. Just, make, just get the operation. Put a dress on, get the operation, a little highlight, and you, you know, your eyeliner, and you're set. You're listening to Glenn Beck.